Yeah, so I'll go ahead and get started here as people come in. Just a quick recap from uh, Thursday Night Football. Typically don't do this, but breaking news from the uh, – it's probably more from the fantasy football community than the NFL community. I know NFL teams love Christian McCaffrey, but from in the fantasy world, this is Armageddon. You know, Christian McCaffrey, the most transcendent fantasy football player I would say of all time, you know, the only season that topped his in recent memory was the 2000, his 2019 season. The only thing that topped it was his, the 30 touchdown Ladanian Tomlinson charger season in 2006. But um, I wasn't a lot. I wasn't uh, around in football for that. So I don't count it, but just a crushing blow for all fantasy managers with Christian McCaffrey. Um, Michael, I see, I see you're on here. I, I, I know you're not a fantasy guy, but. I would love it if you'd come up here and talk some uh, Thursday night football with me. If you... Zach, I feel your pain. I couldn't help but think when that happened that uh, it was it was destroying the first round draft pick. Not not first round draft pick, the number one draft pick. Yeah, of well, fantasy league. You know, um, funny enough, um, I traded Christian McCaffrey two days ago because I got a Godfather offer in my fantasy league, and. Uh, so what, what did you get? This I, has got to be as good as the Herschel Walker. Thing. Yeah. Well, I got Devonte Adams. So the number one, I got Devonte Adams. Love it. I got Joe Mixon. I got Sterling Shepard and I got Tony Pollard. So, so, and you have to take into account, you know, with my lineup, I had been, obviously I downgraded from Christian McCaffrey to Joe Mixon. But I had to, my wide receivers are Brandon Cooks and C.D. Lamb. And my flex, I was having to play Jamal Williams in my flex. So so basically, oh, okay. I downgraded from Christian McCaffrey to Joe Mixon to upgrade from Jamal Williams to Devontae Adams. So, uh, yeah, so you went from one to maybe five yeah. on running backs, plus picked up an extra running back, yeah. which as you were saying the other night, you got to have... Uh, you know, a stable of running backs, and then you went. Yeah, it, you went from on a, a you know what the fiftieth best receiver to the first or second, I think. And exactly. Yeah, and so you know, it's uh, and the player who I uh, the person who I traded Christian McCaffrey to just uh, he's he's distraught because obviously me and my high school friends take our league way too seriously. Um, but and uh, that's all with only a twenty five dollar buy in. Um, I can only imagine if we actually put more. Uh, in the pot. But I mean, on that note, Michael, uh, from a non fan, I mean, obviously, the fantasy impact is, is uh, known. And I want to talk about Brandon Cooks a little bit, because that man just uh, refuses to underperform doesn't matter the quarterback doesn't matter the team, he will, he will, it may be you, it may be right. uh, empty stats, but all stats are good stats in fantasy football. Um, I actually benched Brandon Cooks tonight in favor of Sterling Shepard, because I'd like the I'd like to go against Mike. He's, He's going, going up, up against, against Atlanta, your favorite right? yeah. team. And, yeah, you know, I, I, uh, <laughs> I was like, you know, I knew Brandon Cooks would probably do well because he was going to hit the big target share. But, you know, especially with the news Kenny Galladay's hurt again, I just feel there's a chance that, you know, the Giants feast on that Falcon secondary and uh, Sterling Shepard should get a lot of those catches. Yeah, I know. With Galladay out, he has to, and hopefully he'll hang on to the ball this time. But uh, yeah, but uh, uh, but from a from a non fantasy perspective, I think there was a clear stunting in the Panthers' offense 
which obviously affects fantasy as well. But um, did, did you watch the game? Did you see? I did, I did watch most of it. Uh, I had Carolina and Survivor, and I was a little nervous there at the half. Sure. It felt like I mean, there were a couple things I noticed. First of all, it was an ugly game, a lot of penalties. I thought in the first half especially that the refs were kind of uh, doing a little home cooking for Houston there. First, they, they don't call that pass interference call on that first Carolina drive when the receiver was absolutely assaulted. Uh, and then, Oh yeah, that was, that was amazing that that wasn't called. You yeah. Know? That um, was, and it was right in front of the Carolina bench. So they were going nuts and the official was right there. I don't know how he missed that. That was as egregious as the Ram saints non-call a few years ago. But, uh, and then, uh, and then they got called for a false start when it was clear that the, uh, uh, nose tackle jumped off sides. Um, so there were a few like that, and uh, Aikman was pointing him out to his credit, saying, well, I don't agree with that call. Um, uh, and there were so many injuries. It was a very costly game for both teams. I mean, uh, not only McCaffrey, but it looks like J.C. Horn broke his foot. That's their number one draft choice corner uh, for Carolina. And um, I don't know the status of BlackRock, who, who, uh, who was, but until he left the game with an injury, the best uh, pass rusher on Houston, it seemed like. He was, uh, he was right in Darnold's kitchen all night. Um, so kind of an expensive game, ugly game, uh, 24 to nine is the final feels like it wasn't that close to be honest, but, um, Carolina without McCaffrey is just not quite as dynamic, uh, and give Darnold credit. He, he, you know, he was the Carolina offensive line aside from their right tackle, who I think is pretty good. The rest of it is a lot of garbage and they bet next year in the draft offensive linemen because they're pretty good everywhere else. Um, but he was under pressure all night, and he he did make some money throws with guys in his face uh, without McCaffrey as a weapon to throw to. And he, um, uh, Chubba Hubbard, especially on that last drive, showed why why they got him as an insurance back, and they're, now they're going to have to rely upon him. But yeah, so I I if I dropped Chuba Hubbard uh, from my fantasy roster right before the game. I picked up a that guy. Uh, the the Niners just signed to their backfield, Jacques Patrick. Well, that feels like a good pickup, though, because we've seen the Packers' uh, defense is not good. Yeah. The uh, 49ers, it doesn't seem like who they started running back. That guy has a big game. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That feels, um, that feels like a good pickup. Yeah. Um, real quick, Michael, I just want to get your thoughts from a. I obviously have the fantasy perspective, but. Is Brandon Cooks just a good, a talented football player? Is it as simple as that? If he can produce with, uh, you know, Tyra Taylor, Deshaun Watson, now Davis Mills, before that Jared Goff, uh, obviously Drew Brees. Is he just good, right. or is it's just always a product of situation? You know, I think we always discounted his just overall receiving talent because when he was drafted, he was he was just the speedster, right? Yeah. He- Crazy forty time. It was like four two two or four two four or something like that. Really fast, and that's what we thought of him. He was just the fast guy. He was the guy, you know. For years, Al Davis, Al Davis always drafted the fastest forty time uh, at the combine, regardless of whether the guy could catch or not. You know, Darius Hayward Bay, whatever it was. Uh, and uh, that's, that's oh wow, that's, 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 that's Darius Hayward Bay. That's that's throwing it back. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that was that. Believe me. I was rending my hair out during that draft, uh, but in, in any event, that's I think that's the box we put Brandon Cooks in, and and year after year he shows us he's more than that. Um, 
Yeah. Also, isn't that isn't that you in every Raiders draft? Like, is is that why is that why you keep your hair so short so you don't have that much to pull out? <laughs> yes. So there isn't much of it to pull out. Yes. Uh, every year, I'm I'm bewildered by their draft picks. Uh, although some of these outside the box choices do seem to be uh, playing well so far, it's early. But uh, but 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 Brandon Cooks. I mean, yeah. Every year, he's just he's just open. You know, he's not just a speed guy. He he runs his routes uh, clean. And he's open, and he can kind of uh, win the jump balls, even though he's not particularly tall, uh, I don't believe. Um, no, no, he's, he's not. He's, he's not. about six foot even, right, or six one? Yeah. Well, no, yeah I mean, they're taller than me, but not tall by wide receiver standards these days. So uh, so he wins, uh, he wins a lot of battles. 5'10". He's, he's only 5'10". Oh, my God, really? Okay. Well, then he, yeah. then he is as tall as me. <laughs> yeah. That's that would be me out there. Although I I don't have quite the uh, vertical leap that he does. I don't. <laughs> um, but but yeah, um, I, I guess he's just good. You know, I I I mean, like I told you, I yeah. put Sterling Shepard in my lineup uh, over him. I still expect, you know, Sterling. I mean, the reason I put Sterling Shepard is I feel he had the better chance to score a touchdown. If I if I was picking an offense, a, a receiver on an offense yeah. to score a touchdown this weekend. Would it be Daniel Jones against the Falcons or Davis Mills against the Panthers? You know, and yeah, and so that's oh, what Daniel I went Jones, with. Definitely. But um, aside from that, no real, you know, fantasy relevance as far as productivity from the Texans as we expected. Davis Mills was, I think, almost exactly what you'd expect. You know, he yeah, he he performed to expectations. I will give him some credit. He didn't make a terrible mistake. I mean, one of the reasons why I stayed off the under. Uh, which looked like the obvious play to get on was I was worried about him, you know, just melting down, having a pick six or two or something, and and, and sending the game over on on a cheap uh, turnover uh, reason. Uh, he didn't do that. He played within himself. Uh, obviously, he's very raw. Some some targets he just missed, uh, but he did stand in there and take a, a lot of abuse. I mean, my goodness, a couple of those hits, I was surprised he walked away from. Uh, so well, which which was the same thing as last week when he stepped in against the Browns. There was that one play, there yeah. was that one fumble. I don't know if you remember where he just got he got rocked from a blindside hit, and right. uh, it was actually me seeing that play before I was watching. You know, some of the highlights before the game because you know it's, it's very stressful setting your fantasy football lineup, Michael. This is this is uh, these are do or die situations. <laughs> That's why I don't do it. It's hard enough I, trying to win against the spread. I was I was going back and forth between Brandon Cook, Sterling Shepard, Brandon Cook, Sterling Shepard, and I realized I had never really watched either of them play this year. So I I looked at highlights for both of them, and I saw you know Sterling did pretty well against Denver, a good Denver defense, and then I saw Davis Mills just get ravaged against the uh, Browns, and I was like, oh, it could be it could be a bad night. But um, even with that, you know, he held his own. He, uh, for those of you who were desperate enough and maybe played Davis Mills, I hope you didn't. He shouldn't be rostered, but he only had about 10 fantasy points. Um, you know, Michael, a good QB is going to get you 18 to 20. So just to give you perspective. Um, but uh, no, I think from a non-fantasy yeah, perspective, that's all you can ask out of your third round pick in the third game of the season, making his first start against a quality defense. Uh, 
Right, and with weapons he has at his disposal, which, you know, the cupboard's a little bare with Houston. I mean, Brandon Cooks is a good, nice piece. Uh, they do have some running backs who are, uh, you know, Ingram and Johnson and uh, uh, Lindsey. They're all kind of probably past their glory years. But, you know, they, they, I will say this about Houston. They're a bad team, and they're not going to win a lot of games. But they they fight hard, and they seem to... That's what I was going to say. They're, they're, a, they're a bad team, but it's not like... I'm I'm trying to think of, you know, what's the Jacksonville towards the end of last year was pretty bad, but even then they still had like some games like maybe the 2016 close calls. They almost beat Houston. They almost yeah. So I'm trying to I'm trying to think the last time a team was just hopelessly miserably awful, and I would I would like to select one of Adam Gase's rosters, but even even last year, (laughs) you know they. They won that game against the Rams. I'd probably, I'd right. probably think about the 2016 Browns team. Um, you know that was just think, uh, pretty pretty horrendous uh, on all fronts. The 08 uh, Detroit Lions. I was going to say, uh, yeah. Um, Dan Orlovsky. Yeah, not the answer. Dan Orlovsky. Um, but yeah. Um, no, I mean, that's really all there's to talk about, both NFL-wise and fantasy-wise from the Texans. And, and really this game, I guess just the last thing is you have to start asking yourself, is Christian McCaffrey injury-prone? And this is something for real life and fantasy, more relevant for fantasy probably for future years. I think this year, if you have Christian McCaffrey, you're not going to trade him uh, at this point. He's too good, and you probably can't recoup the value you need to if you constructed your roster around Christian McCaffrey, meaning you had it, whether it was you know, the first overall pick, meaning you had a low second second round pick and your top of your roster is not that strong. Or if you were like myself and you uh, did auction style and you blew 40% of your budget on him, uh, you're going to have to hold on Christian and just hope the injury isn't that bad. Um, but from Michael, from the looks of it, I would say he's out at least a couple weeks, don't you think? Two or three. That's what it feels like. I, I think he will be back. You probably, as you say, if you invested that much in him, you should probably sit tight. But you're right that this is now the third year in a row. He's going to miss significant time with an injury. Obviously, last year he missed the bulk of the season uh, with an injury. He missed, uh, felt like, about six to eight, about half the season the previous year. So um, a pattern is developing here that's obviously concerning. And with running backs especially, I mean, I feel like, they age quickly, if they, especially if they have bad injury luck. Yeah, and, and I think just to be precise, Michael, uh, two years ago was actually like the amazing year where he, he did play all the games. Um, and that was the, oh, like, yeah. it was the year before was that, not- actually. You, you are right that there, you oh, okay. are correct that there have been, there was, there was uh, I do believe he missed a chunk of games the year before that. But, you know, kind of uh, he, he had that record setting year in 2019. Then last year, you know, I drafted him first overall again last year. He misses most of the season. I traded him for Derrick Henry right after the injury last year. I don't know if you can, if you own him in your leagues and you can do that, I would consider that because one thing to be aware of, Michael, is, uh, you know, hamstrings <laughs> don't go away either. You know, it's not like, uh, it's, it's a nagging thing. And one of those it's things that it's not, yeah, that's oh, what... you're out. Too. It's not like concussion. You know, if you have a concussion, you are out and then you're out, you're out for two weeks and then. When you're back in that game, you don't need to, you know, ramp back up. It's once your head's straight, you're good. Um, hamstrings, you know, you're going to concretely miss right. two, three weeks conservatively. But then even that first week back, 
you're not going to just go full speed. You know, this could be a four to six week recovery to full Christian McCaffrey. So I think this is something the Carolina Panthers offense needs to prepare for. Mm. Fantasy managers need to prepare for. If you weren't already rostering Chuba Hubbard, uh, go get him. Although Royce Freeman got some run there and the tight end got the rushing touchdown and Sam Donald had two others. So who knows what to make of that offense? Um, They're going to be creative under Matt Rule and Joe Brady. You can, you can count on that, but it definitely takes away the most versatile weapon not only on their roster, but probably any roster. I would, I would say versatility-wise, Christian McCaffrey's pound for pound the, the best individual asset um, on the field as far as what you can do with him. As in, you know, if you need it, if you need it between the tackles runner, he's not Derrick Henry, but he's above average in that. And then when he's in space, it's just good luck. You know, you're not, you're not catching that guy. But... Um, uh, Unfortunately, the pan and you saw the the mm-hmm. change in tone to the game when initially McCaffrey went out. Um, it was like a sigh of relief for the Texans defense, and they just bull rushed Sam Darnold. Um, and fortunately, the Panthers uh, figured it out. But you know, I was a little surprised when it was fourth and one at the five, and they didn't have McCaffrey that they went for it. I would understand completely uh, going for it if you had him in the game, but it was an opportunity to go up ten to nothing, and I was a little surprised when they didn't take it. Uh, in the long run, it didn't matter, but yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's, I think that's all there is to it, Michael. I think, you know, mm-hmm. we did talk a lot of fantasy, but I think we also got some, uh, real life perspective too. I, I, I had Carolina and survivor. I'm, I'm through. There we <laughs> At go. Least in that pool. I have one more to pick. I'm trying to stay off Denver because everybody and their uncles on Denver. So I'm looking at Baltimore maybe, or I mean, my heart wants to play Vegas this weekend with Jacoby Brissett starting for Miami, but I I usually have a rule. I I mean, <laughs> don't don't take your yeah. team as survivor. <laughs> this this does seem like the game type of game the Raiders would lose. This yes, historically, this is where they would stub their toe. You, they get everybody's hopes up high, and by the way, we were two and zero at the start of last year. Beat the Saints on Monday night and, and looked fantastic. Remember that, and then the next week. Yeah, the next week we stub our toe against a team that was not our, not our equal, and 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 and, and survivor, Michael. It's you can only choose one team, like like each. You can't choose a team multiple weeks, correct? That's correct. Yeah, uh, Baltimore so, would be a team you would think would have a lot of future value, but I've looked ahead and they really don't. They don't have a lot of cream puffs on their schedule this year, uh, unless you count Cincinnati, which I don't. I think they're a very live. Uh, you know, six or seven win team that could in any given week jump up and bite somebody. So Detroit feels like the last really bad team they're going to play. So I think that. Well, ha- have you considered Tennessee just for this? Well, maybe it's too soon. But here's that. why I don't want to take Tennessee. Tennessee is going to play Houston twice and they're going to play Jacksonville twice. Sure. So they have a ton of future value. I agree with Jacob Easton starting. That makes a lot of sense, but they, they, will give me opportunities down the line that I don't I mean, Baltimore doesn't have a Houston or a Jacksonville on their schedule after this. Detroit is probably the worst team they're going to play. And it's in Detroit, which I mean, is me- not optimal. Uh, but I feel like Detroit's, Detroit is a team with some nice pieces on offense. Hawkinson is a baller. He's a top five. I love Hawkinson. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre That's Swift is a nice piece. Uh, and Goff is serviceable. And uh, their offensive line is not so bad. Uh, 
No, because they were able to get uh, Sewell in the first round. Yeah, because, uh, the problem is that defense is just awful. Uh, so yeah, I feel like Lamar Jackson goes. If you have Lamar Jackson this Sunday, uh, you're you're probably sitting pretty in fantasy. That's what I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, Michael, I'm just curious now. I'm I'm looking at the slate of games to begin. Who are you picking for Survivor in this other league? Because if you're if you're going to stay away from the Broncos Jets, which I guess I understand. Um, well, I just I I generally like to stay off the game that everybody's on, just in case there is a you know oh my god upset. Uh, what wouldn't seem likely? I think Denver uh, at home against Zach Wilson and the Jets, even though Bradley Chubb is injured and won't play. Is still probably a pretty good pick, but I like to stay off Denver. Denver also is a team with not a lot of future value. Uh, they do play; they do host D- Detroit in Week 14, so that is something to consider uh, out out in the hinterlands. Usually, if it's all the way to Week 14, you don't worry about it. You figure something else will materialize by then. So I get why Denver is the most popular pick. Makes sense. Arizona, Cleveland, Tennessee. Uh, they all have a lot of future value, I think. They'll, they'll all be, I mean, Arizona's playing Jacksonville, but it's at Jacksonville. They're going to host Houston later in the year. Uh, and, they're, and they're pretty good. I mean, your friend likes them to go to the Super Bowl. So uh, I don't know if I like them that much, but I think they're a pretty good team. Yeah. No, I, I was floored by that. And that was, to clarify, we are, we are, Jeff and I are now friends. We weren't friends before that, I think. I don't know. <laughs> if I had known... He was someone who was picking the Cardinals to go to the Super Bowl. I'd like to vet my guests. I'd like to know that they have their heads screwed on straight with their sports. Um, I do not like the Arizona Cardinals as a Super Bowl pick. And and for the reasoning to be to be contrarian is is uh you know, I guess you respect it, but I would have liked to see a little more uh, analysis behind the pick rather than they're not the Buccaneers. Well, yeah, right, exactly. Although I'm starting to believe they might make the playoffs. Maybe they get ahead of Seattle. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, a Super Bowl feels like a long shot. Uh, but they will, ha- they will have opportunities later in Survivor that are at least as good as at Jacksonville. Uh, that, is, by the way, is the second most popular pick. Everybody's fading the Jags. I get it. I'm going to fade them a lot in Survivor, I think. But I'm um, uh, just trying to look for something, something alternative just in case there's that big upset that wipes out a big chunk of the pool this early, that would really be, uh, you know, a boost to my chances of going all the way. Yeah, well, I guess it's not out of the realm of possibility that, uh, you know, the Jets pull it off. Although I would find it very unlikely just with what we've seen from Zach Wilson. Um, just not very promising. Um, right. I want to ask you here, Michael, while I have you. Um, this is not wow. like betting against the spread or anything like that, but this is that cover five league I was talking to you about, uh, where you try to pick, you not only want to pick four against the spread, but you want to like, you get additional points for the margin you beat it by. Like if I were to pick Denver versus New York and the Broncos win by 17, I get six and a half points since the spread is 10 and a half. Um, you know, oh, I uh, and so right now I've picked, um Arizona against Jacksonville I think there's a chance Arizona wins by multiple touchdowns uh they sure could yeah mm-hmm. although Arizona is so loosey-goosey uh they worried me a little bit uh, you know uh, but yes they could win 34 to 10 but they could also Murray could you know have a couple picks and and they keep they keep Jacksonville in the game until very yeah 
Um, but okay, so if it's like Arizona and Jacksonville or Kansas City and the Chargers, um, would you because both of those spreads are about the same, who's more likely to win their game by more? You'd have to say Arizona, right? Oh, I, I gotta tell you, the Chargers plus seven is a leading contender for lock of the week. It's definitely going to be in my top three. I think that is too many points to give the Chargers. Uh, the, the Chiefs, I don't remember yeah. the last time the Chiefs covered a spread of a touchdown or more. They, they're they not a good cover really? team. They're not a good cover because because they win these games and then in garbage time, uh, you know, the teams yeah. come back. Yes, I mean, I think it was early last year, last time they covered a, t- a spread of a touchdown or more. Uh, now they're, okay. they're probably... You know, the betters all love them. That spread opened at five, and it's gone up to seven. I can't believe it's seven. I keep looking at the uh, injury list. Sure. Is, is Herbert hurt? Or what happened here <laughs> to make this? Well, I, I think, you know, Herbert's hasn't been too uh, – the stats have been there from a yardage perspective, but kind of shaky. And I know this because he's my fantasy quarterback. Uh, not not the performance I think we would have liked to see. Granted, I think the Cowboys game was a little fluky. You know, there was some – there was a touchdown there that didn't count that probably should have. Um, but no, I mean, Justin Herbert's still a very, very talented quarterback. Um, and I would expect that to be a close game, which is why I'm not picking them, but who I am picking Michael and not to, uh, not to rub salt in the wound, but I'm picking against the Falcons again, because I have my head screwed on straight. Um, <laughs> well, that's a, that sounds smart. I, uh, I think if you're betting that game at all, you got to be on the giants. I don't, I don't, I'm not a huge believer in the giants either, but I definitely would take them over the Falcons. Well, you know, I just. You know, I typically like to be rational and think analytics and and, you know, all of this, uh, these robust metrics. But I have this feeling Saquon Barkley is going to return this weekend, like the the Saquon Barkley. I feel, you know, he had baby Mm -hmm. steps week one. He got his, you know, snap percentage up to, I think, the high 70s or 80s last week. And he just has the juiciest matchup you could hope for in, in your first, your right. what should be your first game, you know, with the reins fully off. And it just, I could be wrong, but I have this feeling that I watched a little bit of Daniel Jones last week against uh, the Washington football team, even though Daniel Jones tanked my season last year, my two QB league where I blindly had faith in him. I don't know. I thought this Falcons team is just as bad as I thought they'd be. I will never forget you saying, in the preseason, how they could be a sleeper offense. I even thought about that in all my fantasy drafts, and I still fade. <laughs> I feel bad because Chase took Matt Ryan in his fantasy league, and I, I just can't help but think some small part of that was my You're, nonsense. Well, I, I tell you correctly, I took Calvin Ridley in one because that was the one guy who I was like, okay. It, well, that's probably not a terrible pick. Not I mean, terrible, but even he has not been through two games what you would want. That said, Michael... I, I never want to be disrespectful, but I I don't see your Falcons pulling through this weekend. No, I'm I'm I, I have to, I have been reformed. I've never been on Atlanta again this season, and I'm almost so they're so toxic. They're such a sinkhole of toxicity for me that I don't even want to bet against them. I don't even want any part of them. I, I think I'm probably just going to pass on all their games uh, the rest of the year just to avoid any thought of the Falcons. They are. They are. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm becoming suspicious, uh, suspicious about this the way, uh, the same way Colin Cowherd is. He says he can't ever win a bet on Atlanta. When he picks them, they lose. When he bets against them, they win. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, so, so that's obviously the other game. I'm taking the Giants minus three. Um, that feels good. And then the quick hitters. So I am 
uh, Tennessee, I don't think Carson Wentz is going to play. And so I think um, – I think definitely not. I think it's Jacob Eason. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be Eason, um, and he's just not. He's just not a good quarterback. You know, the O line. A good fantasy pick if you don't want to save Tennessee for one of the Houston or Jacksonville. Or yeah. Um, and then obviously I'm picking Denver. Uh, I think there's a chance. You know, Teddy Bridgewater is nothing special. Uh, we talked about him a little bit on the fantasy recap earlier this week, but he's he gets the job done and he doesn't squander opportunities. He may not create opportunities that are not there. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy has three touchdowns and the Jets offense remains anemic and the Broncos win, you know, 24 to seven or, you know, maybe. Yeah, that's a very under type. Uh, yeah. Type bet, yeah. And then the last one, I'm taking Seattle minus two against Minnesota. Um, I think that Minnesota offense is uh, defense is awful and uh, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf have been tearing it up. So I expect a lot of points. Oh. The only pushback I would make on that is not really my I, – I didn't know this stat, but I think it was Shrimp on uh, on the Shrimp and Cheese pod earlier today had this stat. I'd never heard this before. Week three, 1-1 one one versus 0-2. Oh Apparently, the 0-2 oh team covers the spread over 70% of the time. It said like, like 72% or something like that, which makes me a little nervous about Baltimore-Detroit because that's another 1-1 one one versus 0-2 oh matchup uh he didn't mention that one but he did mention he, he's on indy versus tennessee for that reason and he's on okay. minnesota versus seattle although he's teasing them so he's not really taking the uh, the straight uh spread on that so he's got like 11 and a half with indy and eight or so with uh minnesota but that, that would be my only pushback otherwise i agree i think seattle um is clearly superior to minnesota it's another, another one of those yeah. phony games like when I took Indy week one against Seattle at home. Um, made a lot of sense on paper, but no, Seattle's going to go in there. Russell Wilson is so much better uh, at quarterback than Kirk Cousins is. Kirk Cousins is about the exact 50th percentile quarterback in the league, and Russell Wilson is special. So, Very special. Very special. Um, not as special. As Christian McCaffrey in fantasy football, though it's a sad night. Oh, it's a sad night it's for the fantasy football community. Guy, you know, I mean, he should be a Hall of Famer, and maybe he still will be. It's uh, the jury's still out. He's obviously done some great things in the in the NFL since he got there, but uh, just so many unfortunate setbacks. Yes, um, I take no joy in it. Um, as he's one of my favorite running backs, I did in one of my leagues, uh, one of my Stanford leagues, actually was lined up against him tonight, and so I only suffered uh, the opponent scoring five points before that unfortunately happened. I take no joy in it, but I will say if there was a silver lining, um, it's that Christian didn't hurt me. That's going to go down in the handles of uh, fantasy history. Yeah. Um, right. Well, you know, that's hey, uh, my... As a, as, a, as a possible, you know, look on the bright side here, is that his, pre- his uh, successor at Stanford, Bryce Love, Played with a bad hammy uh, that entire season, and Dambier won the Heisman. <laughs> the, the, yeah, you know, but but look what happened in long in long term after that. Well, you know, right. Uh, I mean, that's that's the unfortunate. Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, well, Michael, anything else to add? Otherwise, uh, do you have a show? No, no. Tomorrow? I'll save the rest of this for uh, my uh, my end zone picks uh, tomorrow. I'm going live at five. Uh, feel free to join me, everybody, and uh, we'll do the whole week three rundown. Uh, until then, we'll just, uh, I'll, t- I'll take the win and survive. That's, uh, that's all. For a minute there, it looked a little iffy. So, there we go. Uh, 
<laughs> I'm glad I pulled it through. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody tune into Newman Zone End Zone, 5 p.m. Pacific tomorrow. Uh, this has been a spontaneous episode of Sports with a Z, fantasy football, and a little bit of real-life football. We always got to talk about real football uh, when Michael's here because he knows more than all of us anyway. Um, so, Michael, as always, thank you. Uh, everybody else, thanks for listening live. Uh, to the two listeners, appreciate it. And then for all of you listening to the recording, everybody have a good night and uh, have a great weekend. Thanks, everybody.